welcome to episode number 41 of the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Hales, and I'm glad to be bringing you another episode of the show that features original classical guitar pieces from around the globe, submitted by listeners like you. If you would like to have some of your compositions featured on the show, it's very simple. You just send an mp3 recording to chris at classicalguitarcomposers.com. And if it's a classical guitar piece and it's written by you, I'm happy to feature it on the show. So having gotten through that intro, I'm going to get right into this show. I realized suddenly that I am running out of May. It's almost the end of the month. And getting this in at the last minute, I'm kind of squeezing this in. I don't really, I, I didn't prepare very well. Not that I ever do, but I had to alter plans because I realized, um, I realized that I didn't have copies of the music I thought I did. So I was going to play a little more music by Christian Heim. Talked about it in the previous episodes. It's all right. We're just going to feature those in the next episode or the next, however it works out. And I have some music to feature today by a first time contributor to the show. I'm looking forward to that. And I have a few emails to get through, so I'm going to go... I'm not going to do too much here in the opening monologue, but I do want to talk about something I saw at the store that was really cool. Now, I know... Uh, I don't... For whatever reason, it seems like the Rolling Stones have been coming up a lot lately on my show. I don't... Uh, I don't have a good reason why, but they're coming up again today. And I'm going to try to, you know... I don't want this to show, become a... Chris talks about the Rolling Stones show, but here's what happened. So, I went to the local music store, one of the local music stores. There's one around here that usually has kind of a decent selection of classical guitar music, meaning that like, they have one at all. Uh, I, it's kind of funny, though, because I've I found some, like, different stuff there, and have picked it up. Like, I found a a Hobeam book there for classical guitar. I got that. I've, I've gotten a, a handful of just kind of, you know, somewhat obscure things that they, they'll they have in. <laughs> I've noticed that they, they've replaced them. <laughs> so I guess in my mind what I envision happened is like, they're like, oh hey, this one's sold. <laughs> let's, let's order another copy. And then, that's probably not true, but uh, in my mind I'm like the only person who would ever buy some of this stuff. Is that an ego problem with me? I don't know. <laughs> just, just, just some, like, different stuff. They, I mean, they have tons of, like, common, oh, uh, what's the, like, technique books. They've got, like, all the Aaron Shear books and, you know, stuff like that. They have, like, a million copies of all the Giuliani studies, but then you, you find just these kind of obscure pieces there, and I'll buy a copy, and, and apparently they're replacing those copies so either they're putting those out one at a time and they're and they're getting bought up or they just replaced it because one guy bought it and they thought here's here's something that sells and i'm pretty sure it's that because the books i haven't bought i swear are the same copies that have been sitting there for like the last 15 years (laughs) uh okay anyway i was taking a look over at like the rock and pop music section where they have all those like ultimate guitar edition whatever they are you know they're like tab books and I'm always just curious I used to buy a lot of those when I was a teenager you know I was I had a lot of stuff I wanted to learn and 
I've I've no I noticed and I have noticed recently like they they've been getting more and more of like interesting music. The um in the past it's been a lot of like you'll see the best of you know there's like a a best of Aerosmith book and now instead of just best of Aerosmith they I've noticed they they had a, like a Toys in the Attic book and I was like that's kind of cool I I almost want to buy it just just because it would look cool on my bookshelf uh and they've had they have like more individual albums from a lot of rock bands and I don't know if that's like you used to see some of that when I was younger because I, I I got some but there's just, there just seemed to be a lot more and one of the ones I noticed was they had Exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones and Exile on Main Street is my favorite Stones album I love it and so I of course picked that up and what it took me a second to realize what I was looking at, but it's not just a guitar book. It's the full score for the entire album. And they, they actually have notated all of the drum parts, and they've notated the bass part, the guitars, the, the vocals, and it's presented just like, you know, uh, just like in full score format. And I've never seen that. You'll see they'll put a couple of the guitar parts in. Sometimes they'll have cue notes. Sometimes they'll... I mean, they usually have the vocal line. But I've never seen, like... I've never seen the drums notated out. And that's pretty cool. And I almost bought it just for the novelty of it. But but I thought, what a bizarre band to do that with. Like, the Rolling Stones... I love them. They're one of... They're, you know, really one of my all-time favorite bands but their music does not warrant a full score <laughs> in fact i mean they're they they're on the sloppier side it's just weird that you would notate all that out it would make more sense to for to me to see uh something like that with like prog rock bands or something where they they you know, like, I could see them doing that with Pink Floyd The Wall, and it would make sense to me why people would want that. But to see Exile on Main Street written out in full score format is just, who took the time to do that and why? <laughs> but it's pretty cool. It's it's definitely pretty cool. Okay, let's get on with the show. I'm going to read an email here from a new listener says, Hey Chris, I have downloaded a few different guitar-related podcasts, and some were okay. I was hesitant to try yours, as I thought it was going to be various composers discussing all the deep theory and nuance of composition, things way over my head. After listening to the first one, I was pleasantly surprised. I love your idea of giving people a platform to share their music. I love your, sli your sly jokes and commentary. I have no classical training, but I hope to get some in the future. I do play guitar and own a nylon string but I'm just an intermediate level and mostly play my electrics. Nylon strings have a special place in my heart, though. Story for another day. And I turn to my classical guitar when I really want to feel a melody. It is inspiring to listen to the compositions you are sharing. I look forward to listening to the episodes. I was doubly wowed when you mentioned being in Utah. I live in Utah, in Harriman, so it was cool to have that extra connection with your show. Do you do local performances? I would love to attend some local classical guitar performances. Anyway, I felt compelled to get in touch with you. I've only listened to the first few episodes, 
but the only thing I feel the episodes lack is maybe just a bit of education on some of the classical terms for those of us that aren't classically trained. I hope you are well and are able to keep putting out more episodes. I wish I could contribute, but my compositions are not in the are not in the caliber of what you have been sharing. I listed through Google Podcasts, and there isn't a way to give five stars, but I totally would give a great review. Sincerely, Aaron Hackett. Uh, thanks, Aaron. I, I responded to Aaron, and so I'm going to also read his follow-up email. It says, Just a bit more background on my love for classical guitar. I served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Brazil. Part of that time, I lived behind an older man and his wife. He had suffered throat cancer several years before and had to talk through a tracheostomy in his neck. I don't know all the backstory, but he'd become a bit bitter towards several people and life in general, just kind of cranky. But most evenings, he would sit on his porch and play the most fantastic nylon string guitar music. He would invite us over to sit and just be his audience for a while. To see this man be transformed into a happy social person through classical guitar was inspiring. I wanted to learn to be able to do that, but then life got in the way, and the various guitar teachers I've found over the past several years just weren't interested in classical guitar. I certainly enjoy acoustic and electric, but like I said before, I have a special place in my heart for classical guitar. So if you have any recommendations on where to learn more classical guitar concepts and practices, I would love it, or even a short list of some basic pieces to try and learn. I loved listening to the pieces in your top 10 list in episode 3. I've worked on some more simple things like a simple version of Malaguena and parts of the Moonlight Sonata, so I try to learn bits on my own. Anyway, I've already taken too much of your time, but thank you. Best of luck with any new compositions. Alright, thanks a lot, Aaron. Uh, there's a lot in that email, so let me make sure I get to all of this, but um, I really appreciate the kind words about the show. <laughs> you you say what you say you liked about the show and was relieved to find out about it is sort of the thing I have been worried that maybe would turn people off is that it doesn't get into composition enough. So I, the the show could maybe use a little more composition talk, but as you say, uh, I do like the idea of possibly explaining things a little more. I've kind of operated under the assumption. The listeners, you know, I, I mean, this is a terrible assumption. This is a mistake on my part, but assuming that listeners just are on the same page as me, and we all have different backgrounds, and so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be better about that. I'm gonna not throw out all these terms as if we all have the same training I have in our background. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, that you live not far, so that's really cool. And I, I don't do local performances these days. Uh, just not in practice well enough to really feel confident in doing that. And man, I I need to. I've been wanting to start like a guitar ensemble, a small one. Not there are guitar ensembles around here, but I'd love to get me like a guitar trio or a guitar quartet going. Anything like that, or or you know, call one of my old violin playing friends and do like a guitar violin duo because there's a lot of really cool guitar violin duos stuff like that's on my mind but I haven't made it happen and I don't anticipate it happening in the near future uh you know I love that story about your mission in Brazil 
that guy on the porch um there's so much joy to be found in the guitar and for me at times you know my my life especially when i was younger was often pretty tumultuous and i sought a lot of solace in the guitar and it wasn't the classical guitar but but the guitar in general but then as i've gotten older when i when i got into the classical guitar i've really sought solace in in the classical guitar it's funny because i used to always prefer steel string before i i got really into classical music and i liked nylon and i i had a nylon which i would you know play you know i very much like went willie nelson with it and played it with a pick and stuff and but it was just so different um it wasn't until i started learning classical guitar like actually learning to play it that i fell in love with the instrument when i when i first started playing classical guitar i actually was playing i i, I could read music so i was reading it out of a book but i was playing it on my steel string which is a terrible way to play classical guitar music it's just awful but when I really dove in, I just developed a, a, an appreciation to for how much the nylon string can sing. So it is very near and dear to my heart as well. But Aaron, I really appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Recommendations on where to learn more guitar concepts and practices. Uh, that I mean, there's great books. As far as like, I, I know uh, guitar teachers. <laughs> I can tell you why they're not interested in classical guitar because they want to make money and it's a lot of work to learn classical guitar and if you're like just a guitarist who wants to learn classical so that you can teach it just in case you have any students that want to learn it uh, it's too much work with no monetary return I think but there are guys who teach classical out there I would I don't know I'm, I'm just not connected to that stuff these days enough to tell you where to look exactly but they're they are out there I think if you go uh, there's the Utah Classical Guitar Society that puts on concerts I think if you started rubbing elbows around there just by going to those recitals I you could probably find someone to point you in the right direction because that's basically a big classical guitarist hangout <laughs> so they've all got to be learning from somewhere right <laughs> I think the Aaron Shear books are pretty good. There there are collections that you can find in local music shops of like simple classical guitar pieces. Um some of the early stuff I learned, it might depend on your note reading where to start. I guess that's the big question. Do you need to simultaneously learn to read music? Or do you already read music and are just just need to learn how to the technique of classical guitar? Because that that kind of changes things. So if you read music, if you can read you know just standard notation, there's a lot of terga pieces that are fantastic to learn early on because they're they're not extremely difficult to play. Um, some of his He's just got a lot. He's got a ton of little short pieces. One of the piece, first pieces I ever learned was Lagerma. 
by Terriga. It's a real short, simple little piece. If you're note reading, if you're, if you're not comfortable reading, it's going to be tougher. But technique-wise, it's a pretty simple piece. Karuli's uh, got some nice, easy stuff. Uh, the Aaron Shear books, you know, that what I like about them is he mixes, like, scale routines and small pieces from different eras, some of his own compositions. They, they really make nice books. Maybe a little tedious. It's, you know, when I was learning, I used kind of a mix of all this stuff. Um, but I also, I, I began classical guitar being able to read music quite well. So a, most of the time, guitarists have to learn both at the same time. And that's where, so I've never seen like the Aaron Shear book volume one, but I think it might cover some more of that kind of stuff. You know, I just played all the pieces out of volume two. I did Segovia's skill for my skill routines. And technique wise, that, that comes from a teacher. I think that, you know, that's, that's something to work out with. If you really want to get into it, that's the best way to go. Thanks for the email, Aaron. I really appreciate it. I hope you're still listening. I hope you enjoy the show and <laughs> make it all the way to this episode. I'll read a quick email from Christian Heim as well. He says, hello, my friend. I hope you are doing well and making progress on your puppy project. I have two dogs myself, so I know exactly what you are going through. I tremendously enjoyed another episode of your show. Thank you for playing some of my music in the last episode, and thank you for all the nice comments about me and my music. You did pose a question about my recordings. I record everything at home with a set of Rode microphones. So, as previously discussed, I am at the brink of my lifetime goal of releasing an album of compositions for classical guitar. And since I am incredibly inventive, the album is called Compositions for Classical Guitar. <laughs> I love it. It consists of 13 compositions for the classical guitar. So, I built the instruments, I wrote the music, and I did all the recordings for this album. I guess you can say built from the ground up. It is now scheduled for release on June 24th and available on all major music platforms. You can apparently pre-save the album release using this link. I will share that link at classicalguitarcomposers.com. Many of the recordings on the album are pieces you have featured on the show, but I would say some of my best work I have saved for the album. As soon as the album is released, I will send you some additional pieces you can feature if you would like. Well, take care, my friend. You will hear from me again soon. Regards, Christian. Thanks, Christian. Any pieces uh, you'd like to send my way, I'm happy to share. But, yeah, I, I think there's whatever balance you want to find, because you don't want to... Ultimately, this is a lot of work, and I'd like to see you, you know, get some financial return for this. So, you know, share enough with the show that hopefully find some find some ears and, and that we can enjoy but you know save some for the for the album as well for sure don't want to give the whole thing away uh, that is I mean that is a really cool unique thing coming from Christian recording at home with a guitar he built and they sound fantastic so yeah a pair of Rode microphones at home and those recordings sound fantastic it really is amazing what you can do from home and I work in a recording studio I, I appreciate uh, working with 
very expensive microphones that are thousands of dollars and a treated room and all that stuff. But all that being said, you can still get great recordings at home. Uh, with the dog, little update on the dog. Uh, he's, you know, he's getting to where he just, he doesn't require the constant attention that, you know, he did when we first got him. So each week's getting a little bit easier, and that's translating to just a little more practice each week. And in fact, yesterday, for the first time since I got this puppy, I returned to the composition I'd been working on, and I came up with like two measures. <laughs> but that, that's two measures. Uh, that's, that's progress. So uh, Gimli is doing fantastic, and things are going well. It's like having a little kid again. So, thanks Christian. As always, I really appreciate it. I was, like I said earlier, I was planning on playing some pieces by Christian in this episode, but uh, probably going to be in the next, or the next. If I do, um, there's still a potential interview in June, I just haven't followed up with the other person. And I had to do some, work out some technical issues, and man, I just, you know, I love doing this podcast, but it's it does take more time than you might think. <laughs> And so this isn't a complaint, it's just an explanation of why I lose track of things. And I, unfortunately, like the, the attention that this show is getting is when I sit down to record it and upload it. And then it's like, I don't think about it till it's time to record the next one. Okay, so I have some music from a first time contributor to the show, and I'm looking forward to this. So this comes to us from Rob Ainsley. Rob writes, Hi Chris, I just discovered the Classical Guitar Composers podcast, and I'm working my way through past episodes. Thank you so much for producing this. It's great to hear what other people are up to. I'm a traveler slash writer on cycling, and since last year I've been writing pieces inspired by places I've ridden through. The index page to my pieces from 2021 is on my website, most of which is about cycle touring. The URL shortcut for the above page is simply e2e.bike slash music. I'm going to go ahead and put these links on the website as well. Rob continues, I'm putting forward three of the pieces for possible consideration in the show. Thanks again, and I look forward to the next podcast. Rob Ainsley. And Rob is writing to us from York, UK. So, I love how much music uh, has come to the show from the UK. It's really cool. <laughs> so, thanks, Rob. All right, these three pieces are... I'm going to go ahead and read the descriptions for each one, and then I'll play them all together with no interruptions. The first piece is Mam Tor. Mamtor is an unstable mountain in England's Peak District, so unstable that the old main road around it has totally collapsed. It is impassable to cars, but bikes can negotiate its post-earthquake-like remains. This piece evokes that ride. It's an urgent quasi-tango, 3 plus 3 plus 2 rhythm, Piazzolla may come to mind, and uses an etude-like technique of moving parallel shapes up and down the fretboard clashing deliberately against open strings. The second piece is Hen Cloud. Hen Cloud has nothing to do with domestic fowl or meteorology. <laughs> it's a cloud, a small mountain, in England's 
Staffordshire Peak District. This piece evokes a gloriously sunny, relaxed evening ride through the rugged hills and lush farmland of the region. The warm, amiably simple theme repeats itself with different harmonizations through various keys before finding its home. And the final piece is Coldstone's Cut. Coldstone's Cut is on a bare mountaintop in England's Yorkshire Dales. It looks like some sort of ancient citadel, a kind of Machu Picchu, but it is in fact a modern artwork, an evocation of some mystic lost civilization. It's also less mystically next to a working quarry. The piece evokes the isolation and echoes of some imagined past folk music with piles of fifths and a vaguely Celtic sounding tune. There's a noisy interjection from the mining activity next door with clattering open strings and skidding parallel fourths before the airy melody returns and floats off to the skies. Alright, cool. Thanks, Rob. So, once again, these are Mamtor, Hencloud, and Cold Stones Cut. <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay, that's awesome. We've just heard three pieces by Rob Ainsley. Thanks, Rob. I really enjoyed those and I appreciate the submission. I hope you all enjoyed that too. With that, I'm going to sign off and enjoy this incredibly rainy day we're having here where I live, which is kind of a bummer, but not really because we've been in this horrible drought and hopefully this rain will replenish some of the water that the city is just completely wasting by overwatering all the parks and you know okay i don't i don't do politics on the show but i, I got to talk about some local politics just a little bit we've been in a drought for a couple years now last year like most of the states stopped watering their lawns i didn't water my lawn last year after after doing a bunch of work on the sprinklers they asked us not to water lawns and i was like yeah i agree we we we, we got to save this water but man you don't have to water your grass every day like let's just say there isn't a water problem you don't need to water every day in fact it's not good to water every day but every morning when i take gimli over to the park it's soaking wet and we're in a drought so it's pretty clear they're watering these stupid parks every single day drives me crazy and they ask us all to cut back our use I don't even know what to say to you people but we got some rain today so uh, thank you to Rob Ainsley for the music and thank you to everyone who wrote in and listened and I will see you next time until then keep on plucking